Our scripture for Holy Tuesday is Matthew 26, verses 36 through 56. Then Jesus went with his disciples to the place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, James and John, along with him. And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away from me unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. This is the word of God for us today. Before we address Gethsemane, let's go back a little bit in Jesus' life to the transfiguration. This story is found in Matthew 17, verses 1 through 8, and we see Jesus with James and John and Peter, the same three that Jesus took to Gethsemane. We see him take them up to a high mountain in Galilee, Mount Tabor, where then, as scripture says, he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah, and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter, James, and John got to see the humanity of Christ fall away as the divinity of Christ shone around his face. And then Moses and Elijah, these two key figures in Judaism, appeared with Jesus. And God's voice spoke from the clouds as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit's presence was made manifest. And Peter, James, and John were frightened. In fact, Frightened is probably an understatement here. They fell with their faces on the ground in terror at what they had seen. Because when we mere mortals encounter the divine, something way bigger than us, our reactions are often extreme. We are afraid, we are joyful, we sing, we cry, we react in big ways because of the big things that we have seen. Now, Let's go to the garden to Gethsemane again. We see Peter with James and John with Jesus, and we see a different kind of transfiguration. We're not on a mountain, but rather we're in a valley, and Jesus' divinity doesn't shine from his face, but we instead get a clear picture of Christ's humanity as he tells his friends that he is scared to die, and he prays that God would take this cup of immense suffering away from him. Whereas Peter, James, and John reacted strongly to the divine, they react to Jesus' humanity with boredom. 
with sleepiness. After all, what Jesus is expressing is plain old human fear and dread, something very normal to James, Peter, and John, not worth the effort of staying awake. Even if their spirit was willing to be awake, their flesh was clearly too weak to follow through. I once read a book about a magic school. You know, one of those books that came out after Harry Potter that was in the trends of having a school of magic, but the magic folk in this book didn't call non-magical people muggles. Rather, they called them mundanes. The non-magical parts of the world, they deemed mundanity. It seems like Peter, James, and John react to Jesus' humanity with a pervasive sense of mundanity, and in Jesus' reaction, we see grief and exasperation. Jesus is about to embark on the most human experience ever, the experience of death, and he does not find death to be mundane, but instead he finds death to be dreadful. He grieves over the fact that this is his literal cross to bear, and crosses always lead to death. Jesus doesn't find this part of his life to be mundane, as the disciples do, but rather he reacts to it with strong emotions, just like Peter, James, and John reacted to the encounter with the divine, with strong emotions on that high mountain. It seems like Peter, James, and John celebrated the shining splendor of Jesus' divinity and missed the chance to be present in Jesus' humanity. Both Jesus' humanity and divinity matter equally so, so much. Where do you see yourself in these stories? We often look for the divine in the moments that shine like the sun. We give thanks and we praise God. We praise God for those moments, but in the mundanity of grief, I fear we would rather fall asleep, skip over it, and move on to the next moment where the divine is present. I know that I am immensely guilty of wanting to go through all five stages of grief as quickly as possible and move on to what feels better. Move on to that next moment that is not so painfully human and painfully mundane. This example of Jesus in the garden shows us what God asked from us in these times of grief. God asked us to stay awake. God asked us to keep watch so we don't fall into temptation to believe that we go through the hard and the mundane alone. After all, as the Marvel character Vision reminds us, what if grief, what is grief, if not love sustaining? And if God is love, then there is immense divinity present in our times of grief. As we listen to this song today, take stock of your life. Where are you grieving, in big ways or in small ways? Where are you looking for God's divinity, even in the very human experience of the mundane?